husband, Nora Lewis, writer for Ambush, The Gridiron, The Sports Herald, and The Sports Forward. You are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Coming hey, in. this is Alani Martin, track state champion, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports, and I am joined again, uh, once again, by Josh Musell. Man, Josh, make so, sure I'm saying your name right, man. You are very close. Um, it's Moosel. Moosel, Moosel, uh, yeah. right? Yes, sir. Emphasis on the moose, right? Yeah, the moose. I bet. So, so look, you're you're right back here, man. So this is our um. So last time we met up and we talked, the last time we were um really just kind of doing an interview. I was just interviewing interviewing Josh, and then we talked a little bit. And so now you're actually listening to the first episode of Aftermath. And if you if you are a listener to um MTNV Sports and and you're like, wait, isn't Aftermath something that we you know talk about or use for just MMA? No. So <laughs> now <laughs> not anymore, according to the awesome awesomeness and brilliance of the voice, right? So now Aftermath is also um, you know, this as well, right? So in the first A is silent and you still pronounce it aftermath, but it's A A F and then, you know, the rest is the rest. All right. Awesome man. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm down at training uh for my for my full time job. Uh, so I'm kind of breaking away from really getting deep into the sports stuff. So I'm very excited to be talking sports uh, this evening, for sure, because it's something I haven't really had the opportunity to do all week. Yeah, man, it's um, it's a little bit different on my side whenever the NFL is not going. But this AAF thing has been quite awesome. Like it's been it's been a great break in that like monotony that's generally you know after the nfl season so i'm I'm feeling pretty good about all the things that are going on oh yeah me too yo so we're gonna hop right into the questions that we have this week man um i'm I'm super geeked i'll say this like i'll I'll still defer to the aaf expert right like I'll, i'll still defer like all the time um, I'm a football guy though, so I love it, and I'll talk about what I love. But man, um, Josh is the expert, so I'm super cool uh, with with hearing what you have to say about these things that we're going to talk about. So here we go, man. First off, like in your opinion, what was the best? What were the best games of the weekend? Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and, and get out right with it. Um, the best game of week two and of the season so far, uh, hands down, Orlando uh, at San Antonio. Just a phenomenal game. I mean, something that really, in my opinion, helped the AAF really gain traction. I mean, you had everything you could have wanted. You had solid run games. You had good defense. You had this high-scoring game that everybody was expecting. Um, It was just really, really a good game. And if you had a chance to watch it, you, you won. As a football fan, I mean, there was no way, whether you have a team or not, whether this was your first game, if I could tell anybody to jump on and watch a game to show them what the AAF is is trying to do and trying to produce, I would tell them to watch this game. I don't care if it's week. I mean, other things could happen, but it could be week seven or eight, and I could still probably point to this game as a game of the year. A tight candidate was 37-29. A lot of records were broken in the passing game, which is what everybody wants to see. Uh, For me, Hands down, game of the year so far, Orlando and San Antonio. And uh, I did. I, I figured everybody would kind of expect that one, so I do want to kind of mention the Arizona-Memphis game. It was the first game where the away team won, so they kind of broke that uh, that trend so far that I believe was 6-0 and with home teams, or uh, maybe 5-0 and with home teams. Uh, so we had a chance to see Arizona-Arizona. Uh, the reason I like this game is Memphis – who did not look good week one, really pulled some stuff together, actually led the majority of the game. Uh, and then at the very 
Uh, the very end of the fourth quarter, we saw a, a solid run play, 45 yards, I believe, uh, for a touchdown, and then another uh, another drive down the field to to uh, go up, I think 20 to 18, which ended up being the final score. So you had this game that went down kind of to the wire. Um, it was back and forth, some good action on there. You saw the first 100-yard rusher, which is what I talked about last week, that I thought the run game would start to catch up. We saw Zach Stacy with his the first hundred yard rushing game, um, so I thought those two games in particular were were my two games of the week. Man, I'll say this: um, I really enjoyed the Birmingham versus Salt Lake game, and I know it was only for like you know a certain certain you know type of person, right? Like you have to be a certain type of person to enjoy, um, you know, just kind of watching a team struggle for a really long time. <laughs> And then at the end, getting it together and and winning a game. Um, in in a game, I don't believe they deserve to win. I'm talking about Birmingham, right? Um, so they were down for a while. Um, Perez, you mentioned him last week. He's the truth, man. Yeah, Perez is is in my opinion is very good. His stat line doesn't seem to show it. Um, but again, what we had was just a massive case of of drop balls. Uh. <laughs> It's, it's kind of frustrating. I mean, I'm just looking at some stats really quick. And, you know, really the the man there is is Quentin Patton, uh, who, again, was, was three for seven. I'd have to go back and, and actually watch the game and figure out how many were drops, how many were just, you know, off targets. Uh, but there was just drops, like pivotal drops, that, that were in the hands for, for first downs that, that would have continued the drive and would have continued, uh, would have given him the opportunity, Perez, that is, to – uh, you, you know, perhaps get more, get you know, pad those stats. I don't, I, I don't really like that term, but uh, possibly get that passing touchdown. Uh, and it was just a lot of these drops seem to be uh, just drive ending third, you know, third and long drops. Or I mean, I know you had the fumble on the one possession, and just a lot of things that were going on. I think he really is a good quarterback, um, and I, I think he's going to continue to improve as the league continues to improve. And I think this Birmingham defense is a very good uh, defense, well, probably arguably one of the best in the league. I believe they've only allowed nine points on the season. So really, uh, if that offense can start to catch up, and really that would just be stop dropping the ball, uh, I think that this is really going to be a very strong team. And I do agree with you. Was, in my opinion, it was also a phenomenal game. And it was Actually, a game that Birmingham should not have won. I think Salt Lake actually missed four field goals, and it was a three-point game. So definitely should have uh, should have lost handedly, but so, uh, was able to get it done. Do you do you think that the wide receivers will continue to let Perez down, or I mean, or what? Like, are, are they going to make a move? What's the trade policy in the AAF? Is something that I'm also thinking about. That's actually a good question, and I, I will do my best to have an answer for you on that. I, I just I couldn't really find anything off the cuff on trade policies. Um, I would not be surprised. However, I have seen some cuts and some, some additions throughout the league. I would be curious to see if that's something that we might see. Uh, I would be interested to also see, really, if there is a trade policy, is that going to be implemented sooner rather than later? Uh, especially for a team like this, I would hope. One of my expectations is that the, the the offensive coordinator and these the wide receiver coach for the Iron is able to fix something, figure something out. Um, especially with Patton. Patton is really getting the bulk of the targets. I don't know what he's going to have to do if he's got to get new gloves or just sit with the machine or just have the ball thrown to him a hundred million times. Uh, but he can't keep having 10 targets and only three or four catches, uh, especially when a number of them are dropped. But looking at the stats, I mean, there's a, the next closest receiver uh, has four. And, and you know, he caught three, you know, the three of his. I mean, the, the deep threat, the 100-yard receiver is Patton, the guy that, that I think if he ever gets it on, if he's catching six or seven for 100, he's probably going to have a touchdown in there. Uh, which you're talking about again. You're not worrying about. Uh, hopefully, you know. Hopefully, the next team's kicker misses three or four field goals so that we can win this football game. But uh, I, I would hope that they'll figure something out. Um, and I will have an answer on the trade policy for you as soon as I can get that. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be looking for that too because I feel like there are teams um, who have a few different wide receiver receiving options, and I feel like Birmingham, even though they're doing a pretty decent job, they're still like a, a receiver away from, or at least some short hands away, right? Whether that's receiver or tight end or whatever, um, from having a pretty legit offense. So um, I'm definitely thinking about that. Um, let me ask this question: which which players were the stars of the week, in your opinion? Oof, there are – I've got four absolute studs for the week. Talk to uh, me. And I'm going to go with two record breakers to start. I'm going to go with Charles Johnson and Garrett Gilbert of the Orlando Apollos. Uh, Garrett Gilbert went 19 for 28 passing, 393 yards and two touchdowns, and they needed every bit of that to win that football game. Um, again, as my game of the week, that was a very, very hard-fought game. And they needed everything from Gilbert that he got. And then I want to talk Charles Johnson with a Calvin Johnson type performance with seven catches for 192 and a touchdown. Um, I just kind of want to talk. I mean, honestly, you could just say that the Apollo's offense <laughs> was my players of the game. They had four, I believe, receivers that had catches of over 50 yards. Um let me actually, you have three of them, I'm sorry. Yeah, Charles Johnson had a 54-yard reception, Jalen Marshall 57, and Chris Thompson had a 54. Uh, so really just that offense clicked. The passing, the sun and gun, as Coach Spurrier likes to call it, was what had caught on. Um, really, really phenomenal uh, game. And then I wanted to go into a the, the first 100-yard uh, rusher. Zach Stacy was, uh, was a star in, in my eyes because, again, I still think that Memphis offensive line is not where it could be, not where it should be, and is one of the lower-ranked offensive lines on my totem pole. Uh, but Zach, Zach Stacy was able to make it work. He had a, a, a solid uh, run in the third quarter, I believe, uh, when I think for 50 or almost 50, I think it was 49, but he, he was the first rusher of 100 yards and had a touchdown, uh, which was pretty cool. But then followed up very closely – uh, the, the the final game of the of the week two, uh, Jaquan Gardner also broke the hundred yard mark with fifteen rushes for one hundred and four and two touchdowns. Uh, so really, again, you kind of saw the the run game kick back up. Salt Lake also was very close to a hundred yard rusher. Uh, so you, you started to see the the, the run game do, did start to catch up. But obviously, with Gary Gilbert, Charles Johnson, the Apollos, the passing game really. Uh, has kind of eclipsed those other two and their accomplishments of getting the first 200-yard games in, in the AAF. And, uh, you know, again, in, in, in uh, San Diego, uh, Gardner in particular, they needed everything that he had, both of those touchdowns and those those yardage uh, plays that kept uh, just kept the ball out of uh, the legend's hands and kept the, the, the field flipped. So uh, those are my, my stars of week two. I'm gonna go with Carter Schultz of he's a um stallion. Mm-hmm. Did a phenomenal job. He was in the backfield constantly. I mean he gave he gave the quarterback fits. And I watched him literally destroy that team like throughout the game. Later on in the game, maybe he got tired, but he was definitely a standout for me. And one of my favorite players so far in the AAF, it has to be Rashad Rocket Ross. Um I mean, just he's just a phenomenal wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, very elusive, um, just fast. And and when I look at and I love their their uniforms. To be dead honest with you, I know that's not like a reason why, right? But <laughs> their, their uniforms are pretty sick. I have to agree, um, since their uniforms are actually based off of my uniforms cool. <laughs> that I wear for work. <laughs> yeah. So I do. I agree. I actually have a uh, one of their replica helmets coming in, and I'm going to hang that in my office. <laughs> bad, bad. I could, I couldn't pass it up. But I, I agree with both of those. Uh, Carter Schultz. Actually, we haven't uh, we haven't put it out on Twitter yet. We're going to tomorrow, but I'll put it here first. Is that Carter Schultz was actually uh, our defensive ambush sports defensive player of the week, even though he wasn't the uh, Alliance of America Football's Defensive Player of the Week. He won that honors through our uh, through our our writers and staff. Absolutely, and well deserved. Like absolutely well deserved. All right. Um. And and you know, just for the people who are listening, I was not in that meeting. Right. This is just my opinion. It just <laughs> happened to coincide. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um. Hey, which teams do you believe improved the most from from last week? Uh. I, 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 
I mean, it's it's going to sound almost crazy, but as far as teams, I mean, it's very obvious. Obviously, Memphis improved. Obviously, Atlanta improved. Um, Atlanta, uh, or, or rather, I'll go I'll go Memphis first. Memphis uh, was shut out week one, um, and actually pushed what is depending on which rankings you're looking at, either the number one or number two seeded team out of uh, basically across the board in the Arizona hot shots really took them down to, to the fourth quarter came out with a strong lead. I'm not entirely sure just what happened. Uh, it just seemed like everything started to fall apart. The later the game went on, uh, which could possibly be coaching. It could just be uh, talent level. It could be stamina. I'm not sure, but uh, obviously Memphis looked good taking the, the number two or number one power ranked team down to the, the final few, few seconds. Um, and scoring their first points, 18 points in particular. Uh, and then obviously Atlanta, I thought Atlanta looked better than their 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 number uh, their 12 point score. Um, they they had a couple of things really late in the game where they went for a couple fourth downs and it just didn't work and it turned into a, a very short field, which didn't help them in the final, you know, the final the scoreboard, the box score. But I did think that the Atlanta Legends looked better. That defense really is is really good. Um, it's actually, I chose the legends in my predictions last week to actually upset San Diego. And I thought for a while it was going to happen. Um, they had a chance all the way until like the final four minutes, I think, before the game really got put out of hand. But I thought that the legends look, really looked good. They're just going to have to figure something out on offense, whether it's you're going to have to make a change with Matt Sims. My personal recommendation, I know I'm a nobody. Watching the Legends twice, Matt Sims is much better when you roll the pocket. He did it all this game. He did it all game against the Apollos. He, I don't know. I don't think the offensive line is good enough to give him time in the pocket, and he stresses out when they roll that pocket. He's accurate. And he he produces plays downfield. I thought those two in particular looked really well. And um, Salt Lake, I mean, I know they lost, <laughs> but they should have won, and they should have won by, you know, they should, you know, should have won by a good, a good margin. Um, you know, about three, three field goals at least. If if they would have made any of the ones that they missed or mishandled, uh, so I thought that the three bottom teams really stepped up. And uh, again, that's just better for the AAF when your t- bottom three teams are competing with your top three teams. You know, it's it's just better for the league and it's better for us as fans. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, when I look at the Atlanta Legends, they started off really hot that game, and I know you're kind of waiting for them to come around. Like you're waiting for for that talent on the roster to actually rise to the to the top and actually, you know, show something for itself. And I'm not seeing I'm not seeing it all yet. You're seeing a little bit on defense, but I think you're right in the fact that um, Sims is the crux of their issue. I think he's the the major problem on that team, and so. I know that there's other possibilities at quarterback, even on the roster. I just don't know um, if they'll pull the trigger. I know they're still dealing with the coaching change. Maybe that's the reason why they haven't jailed yet. And maybe, you know, over the course of the season, they'll get better. But I'm looking for something to happen at quarterback. And I don't I don't foresee Matt Sims being the quarterback, I don't know, even after week four. Yeah, I, I can totally agree with that. Um I don't know if this is a Sims issue. I mean, it's a Sims issue either way. If he's if he's freaking out that bad in the pocket, I mean, yes, you can roll that out, but you can't do it every time, and I do understand that. Uh, one thing that I do want to see more of from the Legends is I want to see some more Akron Wadley, <laughs> especially in the passing game. Uh, I think he went 8 for 8 for 70 yards. I mean, I, I want to see more of him being used in that short to intermediate passing game. And let the guy make plays. Um, he did it throughout the entire second half uh, of, of, of this one. So, one thing if they can take anything away, it's it's get him get him involved. <laughs> who who do you have as your most improved players um, from last week? Like the players who you can see visibly step up. Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, you've obviously had a lot of a lot of statistical improvements. Um. I mean, you can obviously, you know, again, another relative obvious one would be uh, Garrett Gilbert. Um, he, he didn't have the best game in the world. 
uh, week one, but it obviously wasn't a bad one. But it didn't help. You know, it definitely helped on this game. Uh, and the reason I say, the reason I say that is statistically he looked good. I think he had two fifty and, and two touchdowns, or two twenty-five and two touchdowns. But it wasn't necessary for Derek Gilbert to have two twenty-seven and two touchdowns. Uh, the, the defense seeing the play, the run game was going. I mean, just everything was was clicking for the Apollos. Uh, but then they faced their first really hard test in in the, the the stadium that has brought the most people to it in in San Antonio. You know, shout out to the San Antonio fans for getting out there and supporting the heck out of their team. I think they just missed thirty thousand this this week. Um, so really a hostile environment, a tough tough defense, a tough tough offensive line to get around for their defense. And Gilbert showed up, stepped up, and he did what he had to do to win the game for his team with minimal run game able to be established. And they basically abandoned it immediately. So it was put on his shoulders. He really stepped up. And, he, I mean, he showed up and he showed out. And he was, I mean, he just connected on phenomenal throws. Um, and honestly, Zach Stacy. I think Zach Stacy was another guy that he kind of underwhelmed in week one. And, and really kind of came back week two. You know, he, he's a, a large part, if not the only part, of what kept the Memphis Express even remotely close in this game and actually had them winning throughout the entire first half. They had pitched a shutout against the Hot Shots to the first half, and they were really riding this run game led by Zach Stacy with, again, an underdeveloped offensive line in Memphis. Um, so I, I, I can I want to continue to watch that Memphis team as a whole. I'm curious to see when and how they're going to do with, with the quarterback change because I feel like you definitely have had to do that. But uh, Zach Stacy is one of my most improved guys, and Garrett Gilbert uh, winning the football game, you know, taking his team on his back and leading this this charge um, is 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 a good sign for both both fans of both teams. I would say, and I like those. I like that. Absolutely. I'm looking at Christian Ackenberg as well, right? Um, first touchdown after three years, his whole pro career, he's remained scoreless. And, um, and last week he gets in the end zone. Now, granted, he got blasted once he got in there. Um, <laughs> but he got in, right? And so I was cool with that. And so, um, I want to say Hackenberg, that was, that was a good look for, for him as well. Um, let's ask this question. I want to talk a little bit more specifically, uh, you know, position wise, looking at my favorite receiver so far, I mentioned earlier is Rocky Ross, right? Um, as a, as a fan of the Apollos, which I, I don't want to call you an outright fan, but I have suspicions, right? So, mm-hmm. so, was, so you have the Rocket, you have Rocket Ross versus Charles Johnson. Um, with a phenomenal day, right? Both guys had a pretty decent day. Charles Johnson had a far superior statistical day. But um, oh, between those two guys, right? Who's the guy? Who's better? Who's the most exciting player? That is well. That I guess that's almost twofold. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I could say a definite answer on either. Um, and actually, obviously, I am, I am a fan of, of the Apollos. That's kind of like the local team. Um, yes, we kind of cover everybody. But that's the team I kind of lean to, and that's the team I'm able to attend. Uh, but Arizona is actually my Western team because they're named after after my career, and I, I just think that's really cool. That's we're not really a profession that gets a lot of of attention. We kind of get lumped in with all the other structure firefighter guys and it was cool to see um this so luckily i have watched both and i am a big fan of both um and it is really that is a really phenomenal question i think if i could answer it anyway i don't really think that either one is better than the other i think both of them i mean because if you looked at week one uh ross i think had the far superior day um i think he had the two touchdowns let me pull it up. Yeah, he had 103 and two touchdowns in week one, uh, whereas Charles Johnson was uh, 60 yards. So it's actually a relatively close <laughs> close comparison because this last week, uh, Charles Johnson obviously had the 192 and one touchdown, and Ross kind of had the, sh- the smaller day, but his touchdown was the difference maker. Um, you know, so I think if I had to, if I had to really 
to, to differentiate the two, I would say that Charles Johnson is probably the more complete, and that just comes from the NFL experience. I mean, Charles Johnson did have a phenomenal year with the Minnesota Vikings not that long ago, um, and he was kind of being dubbed as like, oh, he's going to be the, the, the guy. And um, it just, he just didn't mesh well with, with you know, the coaching staff, the new quarterbacks, and, and now he's in this league and he's showing that he's a, a phenomenal quarter, uh, not quarterback, a uh, wide receiver rather. But you've got Ross who is, is just – he catches everything and he, he wants to hustle. And like I said, I mean, his touchdown really kind of was, was what sparked this comeback. I mean, his, his touchdown in the third quarter – put them on the board it was a it was a play that he made on his own i mean the the, the ball was thrown into the middle of the field he caught it turned around outran everybody to the, to the end zone uh, i think both of them are phenomenal i love both of them and really if if i have it my way we'll get to see ross and johnson uh battling it out in the championship game in vegas <laughs> i'll 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 say this um i think i'm going with ross based on the nickname alone Johnson, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Johnson has um, a phenomenal nickname yet. Like, what, do you guys call him something? Uh, I don't know if he has a nickname. So I yeah, don't know. he he probably would now. I'm I'm sure, <laughs> but I'm not 100 percent sure what. Uh, I think his Twitter handle is like uh, incre- incredible. And I wouldn't be surprised if that that starts to work its way around as like a Mister Incredible, but spelled with I N K. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll uh, I'll I'll wait until his nickname rolls around. Um, but the Rocket already has one, <laughs> and he and he shows it. He shows why. Yeah, yeah, and he shows why. Um, and I'll say this: I used to I, I remember Charles Johnson from his time with the Vikings. He was a great. Um, player in that year, right? He was a great fantasy find that year. I definitely remember picking him up and utilizing him um, during his time. And I thought, I thought just like most Viking fans, that this guy's going to be the next guy, right? The next find, the next guy who nobody saw coming, who comes in and just basically, you know, has a phenomenal career. And then it all went away. And after that double move, I saw he put a double move on one of those cornerbacks last week, and it was just crazy. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this dude's for real. And I can see him getting another shot in the NFL. How about you? Do you see the same thing? Uh, yeah, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, uh, it would be it would shock me if he doesn't if he doesn't if he's not getting looks currently. And people are writing this stuff down. Um, he's already proven that he obviously can do it in the at the NFL level. I think, and I could be wrong on this, but as a Minnesota fan, I'm pretty sure really the problem came down to it was an attitude problem. Um, and, you know, still younger, you know, he, he, he had that really good year and I think he just kind of got in his own way and got, you know, put up with, with a coach that just wasn't going to deal with it. He wasn't meshing with the quarterbacks. And that was at the same time where there was that, all this weird quarterback change with Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt and just a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, if he's, I mean, watching what he's doing, I mean, he, he's definitely has the NFL ability. I would not be surprised to see some of these wide receiver needy teams in the NFL giving this guy a, a call up and seeing if, if he can't replicate obviously what he's doing here, but what he has done on the NFL stage. Let's do um, one more who's better or who did it better this time question, right? Uh, we mentioned Zach Stacy earlier and him being the first um, running back with a 100-yard day in the AAF. Um, saw his his footwork was phenomenal. If you watched him just kind of move through that defense, it was awesome. Um, I mean, he actually showed a lot of – he showed burst and he showed a phenomenal footwork. So Zach Stacy had a, had a really um, great game, but Jaquan Gardner right after that, right, comes back and eclipses his record in the, like, the you know, next game. So my question is, both went over 100, both had great days, but in your opinion, which day was more impressive? Oh, uh, that's, that's actually not a really good one. I would say uh, – st- I would say skills wise, I would I would have to lean Zach Stacy because again I think that the offensive line for Memphis is uh, is not nearly it's just the worst. I really do. I think it's, it's one of the worst offensive lines in the AAF. And to see what Zach Stacy was able to do behind a, a really just really not good 
uh, offensive line is in and of itself incredibly impressive. But if I had to go with which one was more important, uh, I would have to probably look at Jaquan Gardner just for the fact that his two touchdowns, uh, A, put San Diego in the lead, and then followed that up a few minutes later with his second touchdown that actually extended the lead and really kind of put the game uh, away at that point. Um, he really showed up when it mattered, whereas Stacy kind of he Stacy did well, but when when it when they really wanted to lean on him and, and, and get it, it just wasn't happening. Um, and again, I'm not saying that that's a Zach Stacy problem. I do truly believe that that's more of a uh, Memphis offensive line problem. Um, but even statistically, Gardner with the two touchdowns, three more yards, and four less carries. Uh, and his two touchdowns meant the difference in losing and winning. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, and, and I love the fact that you kind of go based on, you know, most impactful towards winning, right? Like, whose who's impactful day actually had an impact on the outcome of the game? Um, in that case, and, and you're absolutely right, I would say that goes to Gardner. Um, looking at Zach Stacy, looking at the way he ran through that defense, though, um, I mean... I, I like what he did, but I'm kind of leaning more towards what, what you're saying as well, as far as Gardner's concerned. So, yeah. now let, let's hop into these predictions for next week. So, I think we've talked about last week and just kind of looked at them overall. But let's go into predictions for this week. We have some really um, cool games on slate uh, on tap this week. And so, um, I want to hop in. Um, Arizona, going up against the hot shots, you have that really... Um, great offense for Arizona. Um, the running back in that game had a phenomenal um run too. He had like one of the runs of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. So you look at the hot shots versus Salt Lake. Who do you have in that one? Oh, um, that that is an interesting one to look at because this is the first game uh, going to Salt Lake. So you're gonna have really the first like cold weather game, <laughs> um, and you're and you're bringing in the guys from from the desert. So mm. it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the hot shots in this one. I think they're just still the more balanced team. Um, and obviously the Stallions have got to figure out something on special teams with, with the kicker. Uh, it, somebody that, that's going to have to do something. I do think that, that Carter Schultz is going to show up and just he's going to wreak havoc for, for the entire game. But I don't think I, – I just think that the team's better – uh, the hot shots that is is better all around, both of the run game uh, and able to turn it on. Obviously, Wolford with the four touchdowns week one, and then they had to lean pretty heavy on the run in week two. Um, they're 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 an all around good team. If they can force the Stallions into field goal attempts, we they've shown that that is definitely a weakness. Uh, definitely the the chink in their armor more than anything else. So what I would what I'm going to go with is is probably Arizona on the road take this in the, in the first uh really cold weather game uh most likely that we're gonna see all right awesome awesome i'm gonna go with the i'm gonna go with the high shots as well i, li- I like that prediction um until somebody puts those guys out man they're on fire <laughs> um let's go, <laughs> let's go with um memphis versus orlando um let me guess where you're headed with this one no nah, i'll just let you say it go ahead what do you think of uh, memphis at, at orlando uh, as much as I think that the Express looked like they took a step forward last week, um, unfortunately, they're not going to have a hometown crowd behind them. I would not be surprised if the Bounce House is slap full. Um, I know that they're already pushing super hard on social media to outdo the San Antonio record for attendance. Um, you, you've got the ability to do so. You've got this really hot team right now. I don't see, I don't see the Apollos being slowed down, especially at home. Uh, I think you're going to see a pretty hard regression for the Express. I don't know if it's going to be a shutout, but I could definitely see another forty to six type performance uh, in in this game. So I'm going Apollos. Moose, I think you're right. Like, God, I don't. She's. Uh, I don't. I don't see a way. The I don't see a way Memphis goes in there and does uh, anything. Like I just, I just don't see it. I feel like the Orlando, uh, I feel like the Apollos are just on a whole different plane. A- am I wrong when I say that? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, there's a reason that that they they're 
and I have still seen a few power rankings that have the hot shots at one. Um, I think it, that's I, as much as I love the hot shots. I think that's absolutely insane. And most power rankings have the express still at seven or eight. Uh, I think you're going to see a one seed versus an eight seed. The, the stereotypical result, not the the upset type result. I think it's going it, it's going to show why one team's at the top and one team's at the bottom. Now let me ask this question. Um, let's just say Christian Hackenberg goes in there, right? Um, let's just say they look really great against you guys. Um, and they go in and win the game. What, how does that change the narrative in the AAF? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough scenario (laughs) because it's it's hard to really see it happening, but, um, it's definitely possible. I mean, you, you definitely have, you know, this is what's notoriously known in the NFL as a trap game or what's notoriously known in college football as that trap game um, where you just win over a rival or you just win a hard fought game against, you know, the number one team in the country. And then you go play, you know, the raging Cajuns and, and they, they take you down to the wire or they beat you. Um, does it definitely have this kind of appeal and this kind of a feel for sure? Um, you know, Hackenberg co- could come out. I mean, he's he's most likely seeing stuff on social media, kind of calling him out, calling out his leadership, calling out his play. That might motivate him, take him off. I mean, there's a reason that he was a top draft pick in the NFL. Um, if he can find that and really dig in, and the Apollo's coming to this game saying, uh, it's just the Express, you can <laughs> very well see, very well see an upset. Um, that is a very talented team. I mean, I don't want, you know, people that were writing off the, the last week. I mean, they were, they were all oh, the express against the hot shots, whatever. And, and we saw that was a two point game. So <laughs> um, definitely an opportunity uh, for, for it to happen. I don't think it'll mess up too much. I think, I mean, I know obviously people are going to spin it any way that they want, but I think it, it's going to have, if you're being responsible as a journalist, you would have to look at it and say, this is most likely a trap game. Um, they got in their own way. They got to, to were, were untouchable, and they got touched. Um, I don't think it'll mess up too much. The Apollos uh, are still kind of riding high as the team in, in the East right now. Uh, but it definitely would. It could definitely affect, you know, playoffs and, and seeding and different things. Because I'm not a hundred percent sure how even playoffs are going to work. So I mean, you definitely don't want to get caught in this game. So hopefully they're coming in focused, and, and we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, um, golly, that that would change a lot. I feel like the AAF have haven't really gotten that um that any given Sunday feel yet, right? And that anything can happen at on any at any moment type feel yet. Um, and I think if that were to happen, then this would be that type of tag. You know what I mean? Like this would be any given Sunday. You never know what can happen. You can't predict this, which I oh, think. Yeah. It's crazy about the NFL, right? Yeah, and and that's it. I mean, in in, the, in a way, it would be good for the league because you would see that, much like the NFL, you know, any any team can win. You know, I know everybody makes a joke when you're playing the Browns, or you're playing Buffalo, depending on what year it is. But um, you know, I mean, we've seen all the time where you know the the Bills win three games all year, but one of them's against the Super Bowl winning Patriots, you know what I mean? Or, or the Dolphins right. barely squeak out a, a seven win season and they beat the Patriots twice. And it's like that kind of crap happens all the time. Or I your Vikings. Would be good. Or, or yeah, or the Vikings. You remember yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean so it definitely can happen. I think it would help the AAF uh, to a degree. Um but I, I, it would it would be tough to see it happening. But uh, I can't say I wouldn't be intrigued if 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 it was at least a close game in the fourth quarter. I'd be nervous. Is what I'm if if I'm a diehard Apollo fan, I'd be nervous if it's close in the fourth quarter. Okay, that's, that's what you don't want. You don't want the team that's not even supposed to be in it to be close because now they smell blood. <laughs> they smell blood and they have life, right? Which would be crazy. That's it. You, know, you weren't even supposed to be here, so you know they're gonna, you know that whole they're gonna they're gonna take all the risks at this point because they're already supposed to lose by a million. You know, so who cares? So it, 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 this this could shape up to be one of the top games of the week. Okay, so in what people are aren't thinking will be a great game at all, Birmingham Iron versus Atlanta. Um, 
I'm scared for the for the Atlanta Legends. Um, I'm only scared because I don't know what the support will be like for a 0-2 Atlanta football team coming off of a bad Falcon season. So Atlanta's all for the um the winners, and that's why the Atlanta United. We have a soccer team here in Atlanta, and people go nuts about the Atlanta United. They just won um, the Major League Soccer Championship, and people here, we had a parade, right? Like, people here went insane because it's been a long time since they had a winner. But, you know, they had to suffer through that Falcon season. And now you look at the Atlanta Legends, and they're 0-2. So I don't know who's going to be at that game. I really don't. Um but you said they were one of your most improved teams. They did improve a lot. What do you think in this Birmingham versus Atlanta game? <laughs> I so badly want to choose the Legends, but they burned me last week. <laughs> so, um, I think I think if the Legends come out and they're able to, if they can play solid defense, because we know that the offense is struggling for Birmingham. They're not blowing teams out. I mean, they're they're. They're beating teams defensively. And this Atlanta Legends defense, I do think, is good. Um, and if you take out the special teams aspect, which we know that the Legends have solid special teams, uh, or as, as far as we've seen, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, the, the I don't think Kuz uh, missed a, a field goal yet. Um, but yes, they had the fumble, the, the punt the fumble in uh, week one. But I think if the Legends can do everything right on special teams, that defense is pretty good against an offense that's kind of still trying to find its own identity in the iron. And they're at home. <laughs> so, and they've just played at least one of the toughest teams in the league and then and then had a hard-fought game, and hopefully that builds a little bit of momentum, um, you know, getting the touchdown and doing those kind of things. I think the Legends definitely have the opportunity. I think if the Legends can win this game, that would be that. This one right here, I think, is the bigger. Or there's there's larger consequences for if Atlanta wins this game than there would be even for the Express beat the Apollos. Um, I feel like if the Express beat the Apollos, it'll come down to well, it's just any given Sunday. I think if the Legends can beat the Iron, it is okay. So this Legends team is actually legit. They just haven't clicked yet, and we know that last week the Iron only won because of four missed field goals and a muffed punt that ended up in the end zone. <laughs> You know, I mean? so it's like they didn't. They even defensively, they didn't really like destroy because you were talking about the running back that went for almost 100 yards, and, and I think they had another one that was up at like 70 something. So th- this defense is susceptible, especially to the run game. I would like to see that intermittent or extended handoffs with Akron Wadley. Um, I oh man, I just don't want to get burned twice <laughs> by taking the legends twice um, as still my bottom ranked team. But I think I will go – I think I'm going to have to go with the iron. I think the defense is, is going to show up. I think that offense, hopefully, they'll catch the footballs. Um, they do have the run game they can lean on that they have done you know, in, in the past with Trent Richardson. Um, not overly effective, but he's getting the job done. So I think I'm going to go with the, the Birmingham iron. So I really want to go Atlanta too. Uh, so badly. <laughs> I just, you know what? You know, I'm doing it. All right, I'm going I, to I'm Atlanta. Say, I'm, I'll change mine, and I'm gonna stay with you. Yeah. And if I crash and burn on the legends twice, then so be it. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta. I'm gonna tell you why. So, um, first game at home, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of teams do better when they when they make it home, right? I don't know if this is gonna feel like a home game. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. Birmingham had, doesn't have a um a NFL team. They don't have a professional team. They finally do, right? Um, they have a field called Legend Field, and so it's finally being used for a uh, great purpose. Um, and so I feel like the Birmingham crowd, even though they're not like you know coming out in droves, I don't know if they're gonna travel with their team. I don't think we're there yet. Um, but they may, right? And if they come, it's a very short drive. From Birmingham to Atlanta is like what an hour and thirty minutes, maybe two. So I'm looking at um I, I just don't think I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm looking at Birmingham. I see that people will travel maybe. So maybe you'll feel like some Birmingham people here. I just feel like once Atlanta, once the legends get home, once they're, you know, in front of a supportive crowd, I'll put quotes around that. Um, so once they're in front of a supportive crowd, maybe they'll do a little bit better. And maybe Sims is a quarterback that that plays well at home. Like we don't know yet, right? So I can make all yeah. kind of speculation. So Absolutely. I, <laughs> so I'm gonna say Sims plays better at home, right? And I'm gonna say the stars of it that are on the roster start shining in the actual game. And I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with the legends for this one. It's it's a shot in the dark, right? It's a shot in the dark. Absolutely is. I mean you've got yeah, I mean you, you, you covered darn near everything. So, but I'm, I'm gonna switch over. I'm, I'm I'm gonna stand with you, and I'll die on the Atlanta Legends Hill. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. I mean, you know, if we die this week, then we'll just not mention it next week. So yeah, we just won't talk about them again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, San Antonio versus San Diego. Who do you have there? Uh, this one's relatively easy for me. I'm gonna go with the Commanders. I think the Commanders, uh, in my opinion, took over the three spot um, from the Birmingham Iron just because of the game they put on. Again, a very Good offensive and defensive team. Um, the fleet. Uh, still trying to figure out offensive identity. I know that they really get the run game going in the second half of the last game. But the commanders, I think, really are the real deal. Um, so I'm, I'm going commanders. Okay. Okay. Mm. And that, that one's like my, my lock of the week. I feel like for sure commander. That's your lock of the week. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um. Hmm. Let me ask this question before I give my thing, right? Okay. Do you think San Antonio's support of their team is going to get the attention of the NFL and and really, you know, kind of make it a thought to put an NFL team in San Diego? I mean, in San Antonio? Um, I don't know if they will. I don't know if they'd be willing to. I say that, and then there's three of them in Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. I mean, Texas has always been supportive of, of football, like always. I mean, they're, they're, they've got, you know, 30, 40,000 stand high school stadiums, <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, so maybe, but I, I feel like it's kind of a, a stretch just of, of, of getting a t- another NFL team in. Um, I don't know how, how well it would work um, or if they'd be willing to, but I do think that it's definitely getting the attention and it's really helping out the league as a whole. Um, with, I mean, that's they're one of the few stadiums that doesn't have to do these weird camera angles to not show stands. I mean, they're showing full stands. Uh, you know, it, at least what they've what they've got. I mean, you're yeah. talking thirty thousand, and, and you know, I think it's they're, they're averaging about you know twenty thousand over you know the the bottom fourteen. Yo, you caught that too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yo, so I'm a Christian rapper, right? Oh. And um. <laughs> So whenever I'm rapping, normally there's about yeah, 30, maybe max 50 people in the audience. So we always try to get people to stand close to the to the, to the um, stage. And, <laughs> yeah. we, and we only take pictures of actually either the rapper on stage. Yo, people can, if you ever. <laughs> now, there are bigger Christian rappers who can do like, who can, who can really like, you know, show the whole stadium, show more shots. But for rappers like myself, right? We have to take pictures like either of just us on stage or of just the front of the stage and just a few people right in front of us, right? <laughs> so when I saw what they were doing with those camera angles, I was like, oh, bet. I know what they do. <laughs> I know what they're doing. <laughs> All right, cool. Yo, so I'm going to follow you and I'm going to go with the commanders as well. Like, um, I, I, I definitely think um, they'll do well. I don't, I don't foresee... Um, them, you know, dropping the ball here, right? Um, yeah. I do know they have to kind of watch out, right? You have to, you have to kind of watch out. They, they, San Diego has a good running game, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to watch out for that. But for the most part, I'm going with um, Commanders. All right, so we've done it, bro. Yeah. Episode number Knocked one. Down <laughs> yeah, episode number one in the well, episode two really in the books, right? We can just go back and rename yeah, the other but, one. But only, but only one of. Uh... Aftermath. Yeah, only one aftermath. <laughs> Even though there's two aftermath. <laughs> True. <laughs> Not to be confused, uh, confused with the other aftermath. <laughs> right. 
Yo, um, so for the people who are listening, thank you so much for um for checking us out. Um, look, if you if you like what you're hearing or or you love, you know, the AAF and you want more, um, there's a bunch of different places to go for that. But the place that you should go, right, is um his website, right? You should go to the Moose's website. Moose, tell them where, where to find your website. Tell them what to do. Yeah, you can come find us at the website. Is uh at or is sorry, I'm giving you my Twitter handle. Uh, you can find it through there. That's at Ambush Sports if you're on Twitter. Or the website itself is ambushsportsnetwork.com. And we've got a tab at the top for AAF, but typically you're going to find a lot of it on the front page because we're just throwing out AAF content like it's going out of style. <laughs> awesome. So they'll find articles there, right? Yes. Awesome, awesome. So, so you can definitely go there. Um, we would love for, to hear back from you. So, if you want to um, email us, feel free to email us. Um, you can definitely email um, me directly at um, ernestricks at mtmv sports.com. Right? That's um, that's a direct email. Or if you want to, you can just hop in the DMs, man. Follow us on Twitter at MTMV Sports. Um, you can hop in the DMs there. It's wide open to the public. If you have a question, feel free to ask it. Um, Josh, uh, what's your Twitter handle so they know? Uh, you can follow me personally at Bearded Moose, but that's with two zeros. So it's Bearded M00SE. Or if you want to check out, you know, follow the site and everything that the writers are doing, I'm on there tweeting all the time as well. If you want some like live game by game or play by play type action, you can follow it at Ambush Sports. Awesome. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. And we hope you have a great one. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers prep program, and you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can, listen as much as you can, and share as much as you can.